There are over 7,000 graduate and professional students enrolled at Washington University who come from varying cities, states, and countries. No matter if you are a St. Louis native or transplant, at least for a few years, St. Louis becomes home in our pursuit for a higher education. In exploring our new city, many of us have found places of retreat that we love to visit when we need a break from the daily grind of being a student. In this season of GradCast, we explore a few hidden gems that our guests enjoy outside of school and get to know more about what St. Louis has to offer. This is GradCast, and I'm Luis Sandoval. Let's say that one day we decided to redo all the neighborhoods in a city. Just erase all the lines and borders and start again. And it was up to you to redraw all the neighborhoods. However you wanted to. How would you do it? What would you use to define a neighborhood? Money? Food? Culture? Would you add more neighborhoods than before? Or get rid of them altogether? Would having neighborhoods in a city help or hurt build a community? In this two-part episode, we explore North St. Louis and the stereotypes and misconceptions historically associated with these neighborhoods. How we can challenge these realities. There's always the possibility that other people will kind of feel like this is a safe place we've carved out mm. from people like you. What it takes to build a community. And I, you know, I kind of always say, you know, we're not responsible for where we started. But we are for where we wind up. Exactly. And, and what you give to where you wind up. And ultimately, let a hidden gem shine. We interviewed Bob Hansman, an associate professor of architecture at Washington University in St. Louis and faculty fellow at the Gebhardt Institute for Civic and Community Engagement. Professor Hansman leads undergraduate studies, bus tours, and the City Faces Mentorship Program, all of which are well-grounded in community building. In this first part, GradCast member Kitra Cates talks with Professor Hansman about what you can find in North St. Louis when you start looking through your own eyes. Could you tell us a bit about the, the George V. Vachon Museum and, and why you think that's such an important place to go? Well, actually, I would, I would actually couch it in the three museums. Not the yeah, museum. okay, okay, the street. So yeah, that, that, that museum strip. Yes. Um, yeah, because I, I, you know, one thing I often say is, if it was a just world, that was a couple blocks would be the go-to blocks in St. Louis. Yeah, and it wouldn't be the places we're usually told to go. Right. Um, so, so what, what I think like what those museums do, and I'll explain in detail in a second. Um, sure. I think collectively they present a really pretty wide-ranging, deep picture of. History, St. Louis history, African American culture. Um, so Lois's museum was actually the first one, the Griot really? Museum. Yeah, just um, she grew up in Mill Creek Valley. Her family was given a domain in Mill Creek Valley. Um, I, some of our students actually uh, put that slave cabin in. It was the first her first display a farmer had on his property down in southern Illinois. 
was there years ago? I can't remember. Wow. Uh, the students went down there. So if you can see that display, that was her first big one. And you can see the photographs of the students doing it, right? putting it, you know, taking it no apart. No way, they kept that too. Yeah, the, the photographs are up there with, with, the, with the cabin. Wow. So hers is like a wax museum. Right. Of, uh, uh, Percy Green and all these great figures are there. So it's kind of local history, uh, other larger history, and, and but kind of through wax figures and displays. And then, well, just a, you know, same side of the street, but down a block or so is the Vachon Museum. Yeah. That's Calvin Riley and his wife. And that's, a lot of their collection is sort of old, kind of creepy cultural stuff, you know, pop creepy culture, culture. Yeah, like, you know, the old cereal boxes with these really racist images and this soapbox, you know, all that stuff, right? Yeah. So he's got a lot of that there. Um, but he also has, uh, like, uniforms of, like, some of the nurses, I believe, from you know, his hospital. I think he's mm. got some of the old uh, uh, railroad uh, porters' uniforms there. Um, he's got some more contemporary stuff in the, you know, the second little back part. That's almost like a little entertainment place, a gathering place. The other thing that I love that he's got is that he's got Dr. Duguid's laboratory. Really? Uh, Dr. Duguid was the researcher here in St. Louis. He had his offices down on Jefferson. And uh, I remember the first time I walked into Calvin's place and I was just walking around, I turned this corner and I go, oh my God, you got Dr. Duguid's laboratory here. He was like, God, somebody heard of him? He's like, yeah. (laughs) But uh, so he's got a lot of really interesting stuff. Uniforms, documents, photographs, you know, just memorabilia in, in cases. And then across the street from him on the south side is Robert Green and his wife Rose. And that's the Frederick Douglass Museum of African American Vernacular Images. Yes. And Robert calls it the Living Museum. He actually grew up in Prudigo. It just comes in his backyard still. It really is. It's his house. I mean, so the other two are actually museums that you kind of pay admission. You have to like call Robert and find a time to come over. Yeah. Uh, you know, sign a little guest book and he'll kind of give you a little tour of the place. But it goes from his basement up to his bedroom, really. Wow. And it's just, in his case, it started with a collection of African American images that really were the sort of the counterpoint to some of the things Calvin has the, the, you know, the dignified you know, portraits, yeah. right? Yeah. And, so he's got his walls just covered with them, and then every horizontal surface is covered with, you know, collections of bells or collections of whatever it might be that have some kind of a connection. So, yeah, the, the, the three of them are just, it's, it'd be just an astonishing way to spend a day, to just start at one, one end of the blocks and go to the make other. Make your way down. Yeah, we just wake and make your way down. Wow. You'll learn so much, and you'll meet some lovely people. Of course. I mean, it, it always comes back to the people who... Put this yeah. out there and, yeah. and are trying to. Yeah, I mean, even when I was doing the Prudigo book, I stopped by Calvin's and, and uh, he just uh, he just said, I think somebody gave me something and I'm not going to, probably not going to show it in my museum. So he goes digging through the closets and finds this old directory from a housing authority from back in the Prudigo days. And he just gave it to me. Right? Oh my gosh. Like, God. <laughs> what a guy, right? Just scholarly resources yeah. going through. In fact, closet. he was just on the cover of the North Sider. Very cool. So for it, the listeners who haven't heard of the North Sider, can you give a little description and maybe where they could find and read? Yeah. Um, actually, Antonio French kind of publishes it. He also publishes the South Sider. They're sort of companion oh, papers, right? Right. Uh, 
you can get sometimes you can get one and not the other depending on where you are. But if you're in a kind of central city, they often have mailboxes just out on the street. I've right? seen, yeah, yeah, that you can just get them side by side in front of the old post office on Market Street. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but yeah, they they uh, they're interesting because sometimes they they cover things that are quite different. Other times they cover some thing, same things, but there's a slightly different spin because mm-hmm. they know their audiences are coming from different starting points. Interesting. You know, the, the two that I found most interesting just a couple of weeks ago, right, was when the, the North Sider had a headline about benign neglect and, you know, mm-hmm. abandoning our cities, and the South Sider had the Ladies' Chess Club, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, you know. What a juxtaposition. Yeah, I mean, there's St. Louis in a nutshell, right? It, it is. It, it is. is. I mean, what a city, first of all. Yeah. yeah. But second of all, to have, um, I think, so much ignorance to the undercurrent. Uh, kind of unique to St. Louis. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people do really stay put, you know, where they're where they're put when they're born, they stay there. Yeah, that's most of the world. Most of the world, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, I kind of always say, you know, we're not responsible for where we started, but we are for where we wind up. Exactly, and, and what you give to where you wind up. So I, yeah. I think that's really important. So we've talked a little bit about... Uh, Okay, you're gonna have to remind me of the name of the restaurant. Which one? Which so one? I know it's, it's soul food. Well, there's moms, there's Jaden's, there's brothers, there's Bada Bing, there's, 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 there's Well, hey, take me down the list too of, of your favorite food um, in North City. Oh my God, yeah. Because well, we went by moms, and so that's the one that's that was in your head. We actually probably went by Jaden's too. Mm. Um, and we would have gone probably right by brothers as well. Um, yeah, there, I mean, there's there's a lot of places to go eat, and and uh, if you like doing a food tour, right? Yeah. But yeah, actually, I kind of maybe even scribbled down some names just so I wouldn't kind of forget. But yeah, if you're up in the in the Martin Luther King Goodfellow area, I mean, that's that's where um, that's where Mom's is. There's others yeah. near there. If you go down to the Ville, uh, further you know, uh, east on Martin Luther King, you get to Jaden's, which is another cafeteria line and you sit and eat there it's like big picnic tables inside mm-hmm. uh, and then right the next block over right by harlem tap room just north of it is his brothers um and they're, they got some really good chicken there um a lot of these places are almost carry out though they have very yeah. little seating yeah um, if you go down a little if you say right at mom's or looking you go just a little bit down martin Luther king to the West and cross the city county line, you get to Bada Bing, really <laughs> uh, barbecue place. Barbecue. Um, what a name! They, um, if you go up Goodfellow, you get to St. Louis Fish and Chicken. Fish and Chicken. I'm up near seventy. It's, 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 it's really good off on the kind of east side of the street. A lot of these just okay. like little, little chunky little buildings. Yeah, um, yeah. If you go up Jennings Station Road, mm-hmm. you get to there, there's C and K, another little barbecue place. There's Union. If you go up Union, yeah, you know, you know, honest to God, you could just almost just go up Union or go down Page and just yeah. stop in place. Yes, right? I mean, you really. Man, driving down Page, I can't tell you the number of times I thought if I was not going somewhere, I need to stop. I know, I know. And eat. You know, the, you know, one up at Wabada uh, is Grandpa Michaud's, which is oh like fabulous burgers. He's got, he's got. He, you, you, you might have been seen it. It's got kind of a yellowy front and the painting I on it. I have. Kind of like the, 
the boom boom room or something like that and like eat more from less or something like that. Does this ring any bell? Often, oftentimes people will be out in front as well, mm-hmm. like doing you know snow cones and stuff. But, mm. uh, you know, there's the Union is also like the country girl pie shop, which has actually got food as well as uh, there's King Prince barbecue, uh, which is up around Maffet, I think. Um, there's a lot of there's a there's another little carry out just north of downtown on Broadway. I think it's Smoky O. It's just this little up by yeah, O, right? Now. Yeah. It's up by um, Melanthi, I think. It's just this little tiny white building. Uh-huh. Again, I think it's mostly just, just kind of carry out. Um, you know, there's some on the south side. There's on, on Compton, uh, Diner's Delight, which is nice. They just renovated a few years ago. Oh, wow. Um, I mean, there's just, there's a lot of, there's a, Oh, Henry out by uh, in Berkeley, if you want to go oh, that far. Okay. Uh, it's another kind of big cafeteria, sit-down dining oh. dining place. Uh, God, I mean, everybody talks about Sweetie Pies, of course. Yeah. Or, you know, Grand, yeah. But there's other places, you know. Yeah, there's no lack of places. No, no. Um, you know, Kathy's Kitchen up there in, in Ferguson. Uh, there's the yeah. Choice down on Jefferson. It's really fancy. Uh, but it's, uh, it's, it's down around Utah and Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Sweet arts in the, you know, the. No, I love sweet arts. Yeah. Um, That's a regular for me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, kebabi. And, yeah. Um, I mean, there's just so many, so many places. Um, Ropers is another one I love. I mentioned Ropers. It. Ropers, it's just another barbecue kind of carry out mm-hmm. at um, Jennings Station, and uh, which is basically a skinker. I can't yeah. just keep going and it changes names. And yeah. uh, uh, West Florissant, I think it is. There are, and there's there's even some some fancier ones that have you know more like vegetarian offerings and things yeah. as well. I mean, you can yeah. find pretty much anything you want if you just look. Absolutely, and I mean, sweet arts is purely vegan. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, it, they really have something for everyone. Yeah, and I think TKO has like got a lot of that as well, mm-hmm. as I recall. Um, there's, there's River Lily up in Hyde Park. There's just a ton of them. There's a ton of them. There's a ton of them. Yeah. So, I mean, as with the museums and the restaurants, if students want to go, yeah. how do you recommend they go and and how do they carry themselves? Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, it's going to be, if I can think of something that's it's not polemical, but, it, but oh, still, go for but, but still yeah. is, is broad enough to kind of, you know, because a lot of it's about nuance, right? Um, you know, one of, the, one, of the, one of the jokes I make sometimes is you just act like a normal person. But for some it's of strange. these kids, yeah. maybe they shouldn't act like they normally do, right? right. Uh, so, you know, everything's got a yes but to it, right? Absolutely. You have to keep flipping the script on yourself to make sure you're covering oh all the bases. Because, uh, yeah. So, um, so... And also, you'll never. There's just not a one size fits all answer to that. Absolutely. So you 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 do, you do understand that you're crossing a border, yeah. right? Um, you understand in some ways maybe you can cross those borders with more impunity than other people could cross the other way. Sure. Right. And so you have to understand that because these are businesses. Most of the businesses look forward to seeing people walk in the door. Absolutely. They, they understand the economics and then the sort of big picture. There's always a possibility that other people will kind of feel like this is a safe place we've carved out mm. from people like you. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, with good 
interesting. Yeah, and you have to sort of understand that could be a reading as well. It may not, it may or may not be the reading of the business owner, but it may be of some of the people there. But you have to understand yeah. all these different possible reactions to yeah. you from very positive to very negative. Yeah. They're not going to be the same, right? Right. From place to place, from day to day, right? From person to person. Yes. We we talk about these things like like, like people are yeah. mechanical things yeah, that always they're know, governed no, by the paradigm. No, it's like you know we're totally different and contradictory, yeah. and you know, yeah. some days day you're day. tired. Yeah, yeah, I know, but. Um, but bottom line, a lot of folks just, you know, they, they, they're business owners, they're business owners, right? Right. Um, they come in to spend. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. they're taken care of. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, you just kind of keep that in mind, I think. Right. Right. And maybe be gracious. Be gracious. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, exactly. That's a good, that's a good word. I feel like that's a, wherever you go, good rule to live by, but especially if you're going somewhere where, you know, you're a neighbor, but. Well, I, yeah. So if someone listening wanted to continue learning about the history of St. Louis as a whole, what, what do you recommend they do? Besides, of course, the museums are an incredible right. place to go and, and learn more. Again, no one answer. No one answer, but you know, one of the things yeah. that, that in my classes we do is I have the kids go to neighborhood meetings and town hall meetings. Mm. Um, you can even start with a town hall meeting, so they're often big enough that if, if there's new people there, it's not an issue, right? right. It's, it's, uh, there's a lot of people there, and you actually hear what's going on, what people are thinking about in the neighborhood. So to what extent can you blend your daily life with this yeah, I'm going to, you know, get more engaged in the city. So if you do want to go buy a book, look for a place to buy it up, you know? Look for a little yeah. book, independent bookstore up on the north side, perhaps, right? Yeah. Instead of going online. Yeah. Um, you know, if you want to go eat, be creative, you know, look, look for places, you know, if you want to get your hair done, you know, I mean, just, yeah. you know, you can, um, you can do it that way. You can, you know, there, there are, there are not-for-profits that, I mean, some are, you know, some really have their, some are really grassroots not-for-profits, and I really love those. Others are a bit bigger, and I'm not always sure they really have their finger on the pulse of the community. Mm -hmm. but, uh, but, you know, you can learn something through them. A lot of the friends I have in a lot of these neighborhoods, they just love having young people come over. They just, yeah. they just love it. They'll just haul out their scrapbooks and talk like you've known each other for 30 years. You yeah, know? <laughs> me there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. That. I, I know. Uh, you know, it's funny because I remember some of my kids in my class met right now. I mean, they just they couldn't believe what some of these folks talked to them about the yeah. first time they met. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, one of the women was showing the kids where the the bullet hole in her living room wall was, and you know, talking about how she's been trying through years to help the neighborhood, but, you know, she's getting older, and, you know, another one was talking about, you know, just kind of the will to live, Ooh. you know, I think it's like a first meeting, right? you know, right. so it, it's kind of like when I mentioned that students said, how's your summer, and I said, well, actually, it's, you know, hard, it's, it's hard, this is where the monocide rates grow up, so I think, you know, a lot of the kids that have had just none of this in their lives, you know, they're startled to get an answer like mine. They're startled to hear someone they've just met talk to them about the will to live. Yeah. But it, 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 
begins to tell you implicitly what life's like for other people. Yeah. Other realities. Other realities. It hasn't just been one opportunity after another. Oh. You know? um, In many cases, the opposite. Quite the opposite. I, mean, I always kind of say, you know, most of the people that arrive here at WashU have had a tailwind their whole life. And most of the people I know have had a headwind their whole life. I mean, all you guys have to here have to do is just not screw up your opportunities. Yes. You've got them. Just don't screw them up. Right. Other people, no matter how hard they try. I had a student a couple of years ago who actually, you know, we were, we were talking about this because we had a homeless guest mm-hmm. and uh, talking to the students about whether they thought they could ever become homeless. And of course, mm-hmm. they all said no because I think they didn't even want to. They thought it was presumptuous they to come say up that, yeah, circumstances. yeah, they couldn't, right? And they almost didn't want to, they almost didn't want to equate themselves with somebody who had a life like his, with the best of reasons. I understood what they were getting at, right? But he said, you know, actually, you're wrong. Yeah. It could happen to anybody. And, and then, yeah, and then one of the kids actually said, you know, he said, what's really interesting, though, is, you know, some people can't seem to succeed no matter how they try. He said, It'd be very difficult for me to fail, even if I tried, because I do have so many support networks. And if one fails, I've got a couple others. Right. right. The system was, was built to lift yeah. you. Yes, exactly. Exactly. He'd say, I couldn't fail if I tried, you know? <laughs> which is, you know, another way to look at the whole thing, right? I mean, you, you, you know, these, you know, everything we're talking about, everything is very complex. So you can almost, right. opposites are often true. <laughs> Yeah, just based on you know what what the moment is about, right? Exactly. So, which drives me crazy when when I hear people kind of spout ideologies about anything from any point in the spectrum. I just go, God, just real life and real people aren't that simple, you know, aren't that mechanical. No, it amazes me that people can. I know, because they think about us like other people. They don't think about themselves like that. Right. They think about other people like that. Right. It's, a, it's a projection. It's not a person. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's, a it's very interesting to me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it's like, you know, I mean, I'm not going to kind of name names or anything, but, you know, but even how you might do things in a community. I mean, we've got programs that have a very... Really, are you do this? You don't, don't do ever do that. It's like, well, you know, you can. Just because you're doing something doesn't mean you're going to do it wrong. There's a right way to do things, you know, mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily by following your always do or never do policy. And this comes again from somebody who spent their life, you know, crossing borders since I was a yeah. kid, right? Yeah. And I know it's possible to cross them and be embraced. That's it. For this first part of our interview with Professor Hansman, if you're interested in learning more about Professor Hansman's work, bus tours, city faces, or book Pure I Go, a link to his WashU website will be included in the show notes. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for part two in the next episode of GradCast.